I don't want people to feel like they have to fucking white knuckle through sobriety for years and like be in this immense pain. It's not a suffering competition. It doesn't have to be this way. It doesn't wow. have to be this way. You're good. Hello, this is Al Anonymous. I'm Al. I am at Misfit Kava Bar in Bushwick, with, sitting with the owner of said bar, Vanessa Lopez. Hi. She just opened the bar this year, right? Yeah, it's been almost three months now. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And it is a beautiful place. I must say, it used to be Thank a funeral you. home, right? Yeah, it used to be a funeral home, so it has really interesting energy. Yeah, no, I like the vibes. A I lot. love it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Thank well, you. Well, I've wanted to address um, Kratom on my podcast for a really long time, or just like in life, because when people ask if I'm sober, I'll say, I don't drink, you know, mm-hmm. I don't drink, but. I have started drinking Kratom and Kava, and some people in AA, for example, they would not consider that sober at all, but I've found that it is soothing and helpful, and it it fucks you up a little bit, you know? Yeah. It's not full sober, but for me, it's not drinking, and it's not destroying my life yet, so... (laughs) uh, Hopefully never. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's tea. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to talk about like what Kratom and Kava is? And- yeah, sure. Um, so Kratom is, well, circling back about um, drinking it in, I guess, replacement of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Kratom is actually really good for harm reduction. Yeah. Um, Kratom is a leaf. It's indigenous to Southeast Asia. It's actually in the coffee family, but doesn't have any caffeine in it. But it does still retain some of those qualities that caffeine has. It definitely does. Like um, (laughs) energy, stimulation, mood enhancement. But Kratom can also be sedative and pain relieving. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kratom ignites the Delta Moon opiate receptors in your brain as well as the dopamine receptors. So it does actually provide a chemical release in your brain. Um, As I said, it fucks you up. (laughs) But it's not intoxicating. Um, Exactly. You do feel something from it for sure, else I don't think people would drink it. Yeah. Um, But it's not intoxicating. It's not mind-altering. You can't black out. It's more like mood enhancing. Mm -hmm. Like It affects your mood more than anything, and I think also your body. So like the more sedative strains of it and like pain-relieving strains of it definitely provides like an actual soothing release Mm -hmm. to your muscles, to any chronic pain you might be feeling. Um, But it's, yeah, it's more like mood-altering than... It is, yeah, it's for the mood. It's not really your inhibition. Yes. The way alcohol just like drowns it. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people who... You know, like myself, who struggle with substance abuse, especially with alcohol, kind of drink it to kind of just like black everything out or numb everything and probably also have a dual diagnosis with some type of depression with Mm -hmm. alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And I think that Kratom 
is really good for depression. I think it's a natural antidepressant, honestly, with yeah. the mood enhancing effects. Like I've noticed that Kratom helps me a lot with my depression. Yeah. Helps me get out of bed, helps me do the things I need to do, the things I want to do, helps me be around people, helps me be happy. I call it like it a happy me tea. In such a ba- better mood. Yeah. It makes me more patient with people. Mm. More mm-hmm. patient, which is a huge uh problem that I have like when in my in my everyday life Mm -hmm. my patience is very thin but uh yeah it's just a mood enhancer I think and I'll usually drink so I've realized that I was kind of having a problem because I was drinking the red strain which is the sedative kind Mm -hmm. I was drinking it every night and I was kind of scared I was like am I just am I just like replacing it with alcohol like you said before like yeah. is this just like I'm at a bar I'm literally like at a bar and it, is this what I'm doing but I I've curbed it and um I love drinking it during the day yeah that and that is like yeah well I it's much I better also it, it keeps me up all night so I can't drink it at yeah. night anymore I will say that I do drink kratom a lot I've dealt with a lot of issues of surrounding guilt with my kratom drinking. Yeah, oh my God, same, same. Because I was an AA for uh-huh. three years and I have a lot of respect for that program and I did, you know, love my time there. But like you said earlier, a lot of people in AA don't consider kratom sober. Uh-huh. And I just had a really difficult time with sobriety. It right. took me one year to get 90 days. It took me two years to get mm-hmm. one year. It was mm-hmm. just, I was a chronic relapser. Um, I was dealing with a lot of repressed memories coming back through sobriety. I was dealing with a lot of All severe the depression. Come back, yeah. yeah. And when I found Kratom, it really helped me like stay quote unquote sober. And right. I do consider myself sober, although I do take plant medicines um, mm-hmm. because that's what I consider these plants, which is medicinal. Yeah, I'm absolutely. not on any pharmaceutical medications. Um, and I don't go to AA anymore just because I feel like a hypocrite. So yeah, like, same, yeah, same. Like I still have some but guilt around do, it. Me too. It doesn't go away. Mm-mm. And I, no disrespect to AA. I think it is a marvelous, great program. Mm-hmm. I would not have been able to quit drinking without it. Yes, exactly. Um, it gave yeah. me the support I needed at the time. Exactly. But at some point, it kind of stopped working for me. Yeah. And I was getting a lot... It was really hard for me. Honestly, I wouldn't have been able to get my one year without Kratom because I was, mm-hmm. when I found Kratom, that's when I was able oh to my, stop relapsing. Yeah. I I think I found Kratom, I might have been like six months mm-hmm. in. I had like a really crazy hard year and finding Kratom like at the six month mark was, yeah, it was such a sm- I was smooth sailing. I was like, oh, okay, this is just like my life. Got it. Yeah. We're good. It does make me online shop, though. <laughs> I will say that. Um, no, but I love Kratom. And yeah, the guilt stuff. I do struggle with that just because mm-hmm. AA and I can't claim full sobriety, you know? Yeah. I mean, AA, it's like a program of accountability. So you do have to hold yourself accountable. Absolutely. And, you know, you look at your intake and you're like, am I drinking too much? Is mm-hmm. this something that I feel like I have to control? Um, am I like overdoing it and I've battled I went back and forth a lot about it and at some point I just kind of let it go um you have to you have to let at least most of it go right or else you're just going to be kind of obsessing over yeah yeah and And it's not helpful it doesn't do anything and that's what alcoholism is too it's just obsession obsession absolutely 
Yeah, and accountability is really important. That was another problem that I kind of had with AA, um, kind of like surrendering yourself to a higher power mm-hmm. and, you know, blaming your disease when a lot of it, I feel like it's like, no, it's actually my choice. Like I have mm-hmm. like control over the situation, you know? Yeah. I just struggled with that a little bit. With the idea of powerlessness. Yeah, that. That. I don't like that. I have, I I don't like feeling powerless. And Mm -hmm. I know that's literally the first step is like admitting you are powerless over your addiction. And addiction, you know, perhaps choice isn't the word that addiction is, but you do have choice. But you do have choices Mm -hmm. to help your addiction get better, right? You do have choices to you know, hopefully try to do the right thing. Like go to meetings. You have the choice to be in AA. You have the choice to drink Kratom um, for harm reduction. You have the choice to go to therapy. I hope Mm -hmm. most people have that choice. I also hope that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's very, I think that addiction can be very complex and unique to each person. And AA isn't, addiction isn't a cookie cutter thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, addiction is formed with a combination of genetic and um, environmental factors and AA kind of has this one program, these 12 steps that have been this around one forever. way to do it. It's yeah. this way or no way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many times, you know, I would confide in my AA friends of feeling like I wasn't doing it right. Or feeling like, mm-hmm. like I kept relapsing, like, what am I missing here? And I was confronted with, well, you just need to work harder. You just need to go to more meetings. You just need yeah, to like, go to more and, meetings. Yeah. And that was just so difficult for me because I felt like I was doing the most I possibly could. Mm-hmm. So I just had such a problem with that. And I, I did feel at some points powerless. And when I felt powerless, that's when I would relapse. Of course. Yeah. So I'm like, if I'm powerless, because yeah, if you're powerless, yeah. fuck it, you know, if I'm powerless and don't have control over this, then why am I yeah. even trying? Yeah. That was my issue personally. Yeah. No, that you just worded it very eloquently, the huge issue that I had with it. But the AA community is so supportive. Oh, like, yeah. So supportive. They really want you to not drink, mm-hmm. which is, you know, your one job at the time when you're doing the program. Yeah. First year of sobriety was amazing. That's all I had to worry about. It was just <laughs> like, don't drink. Just don't pick up. Yeah. <laughs> Do everything else, but don't pick up. But I am... Um, very happy to have found uh, the Kratom and Kava community now in uh, New York, mm-hmm. which has been cool, dramatic, but cool. Yes. Like any kind of scene, I guess. Yes. Congratulations again Thank on you. opening this beautiful space. How did you go? How did how'd you do this? Well, how did I do this? Girl bossed it. (laughs) Um, So, you know, when I found Kratom during my battle with addiction and and trying to stay sober and saw how much it helped me, it really kind of like changed my perspective on plant medicines and it kind of made me want to delve more into it. And I actually veered away from my psychotropic medications and using plant medicines more like I did mushrooms. I did a lot of ayahuasca. I Mm. drank a lot of kratom. I drank a lot of kava Mm. and all these things really helped me. And it helped me see the bigger picture of like my purpose here. And this is coming from a person who spent her entire life wanting to die and feeling like I didn't belong on this earth. And I I felt like I had no purpose here and I never really planned for my future. Right. You know, I dropped out of school three times and I just felt like there was no use of trying 
And I think that plant medicine, but especially Kratom, because that was the catalyst of everything, Mm -hmm. changed my life. It Mm -hmm. shaped my life. And because I felt such a dramatic um, shift in everything using Kratom, I wanted to provide a space for people to also find solace and hopefully, you know, start the path of healing themselves. It was a long road. Uh, I, you know, was the manager of a local kava bar in Brooklyn that has since shut down. And I think when that bar shut down, a lot of the community members were displaced. And I kind of had this idea of like, why don't I just open my own place? Like, Mm -hmm. what is stopping Mm me? And I mean, I'm stopping me. It was me stopping me. Yeah. And I just kind (laughs) of like believed in the universe and I took really big risks um, I took out some loans. I found the perfect business partner that like everything just kind of started That's aligning. Amazing. Yeah. And, you know, we signed our lease in February. We found the perfect location. I've actually had my sights on this location for over a year. Really? Yeah. When I was working at the Kava Bar, I saw this place and I was like, wow, this place is perfect. It's perfect. And it, it was really still on perfect. the market. It was still on the market uh-huh. a year later. And I was like, Wild. what are the fucking odds? Yeah. And, you know, I went back and forth with the landlord for a few months and I just like really fought for it. And ended up working out. We signed our lease in February. Then COVID hit in March. Right, right. Which we great time to open. Right. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> it it kind of worked out. I I can't believe it worked out. I'm still in shock sometimes that uh-huh. this is actually happening. Yeah, but it's happening, and I'm so every time grateful. I'm here, there's a ton of people yeah, outside. I'm really grateful, and I also I want to use my my bar. You know, I want to use Kava and Kratom and like our social media platform. I try to market it in a way that it's more holistic and healing. Yeah. Um, and maybe like I like the idea of people discovering it for harm reduction. Too. I was just going to say, I really yeah. love how you center it around like harm reduction. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of people that I've met in the Kratom community, they are former like heroin users, you know, mm-hmm. and like opioid users. And this is a much safer alternative. Yeah. Much, much safer. I think that the Kava and Kratom community and the recovery community overlaps a lot. For sure. Not that everyone who uses this stuff has an addiction problem. Some people just really don't like drinking. Yeah. Um, Some people who have chronic pain issues really don't like the way painkillers make them feel, so Mm -hmm. they drink Kratom Mm -hmm. instead. My mom drinks it. Yeah, Um, I really want my parents to try it. I think they'd love it Mm -hmm. because I think my mom has a little bit of an, a drinking problem, but you know, I feel like a lot of people have a little bit of a drinking problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm an alcoholic, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the harm reduction aspect I think is really a good thing to focus on in terms of sobriety. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times a hundred percent sobriety is not feasible for yeah. a lot of people. It wasn't feasible for me. Yeah. Even in AI. I it ever will be personally. Like I have a lot of, Same. I have a lot of mental shit going on. Mm-hmm. I have like severe depression. I have borderline personality disorder. Mm-hmm. You know, I have PTSD that still haunts me to this day. And I'm I have a lot of anger that. issues. And the kava comes in with that, with my anger issues. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times when I'm feeling really anxious, really overwhelmed, really angry, and I feel like I can't control it. I just drink kava and it really does 
provides yeah. such a fucking relief. No, it makes the, it grants me patience. Yeah, it's and like serenity. You know, it's, like I've been prescribed great. Xanax, and it's like I mm-hmm. I can't even imagine a life on Xanax anymore. I you have were taking it every day. Yeah, I was, and it was a problem. Yeah, I, no, that's know, yeah. It, it becomes a problem. Like mm-hmm. these, I think the biggest drug pushers in the world is the pharmaceutical industry. Yep, for sure. <laughs> For sure. And if I can, you know, help someone kind of alleviate some of their guilt surrounding using Kratom, Kava, and any other type of plant medicines as a harm reduction, I would love that. That's like what I'm all for. I don't want people to feel like they have to fucking white knuckle through sobriety for years and like be in this immense pain. It's not a suffering competition. It doesn't have to be this way. (laughs) It doesn't have to be this way. (laughs) You're good. Yeah. Sobriety is subjective. Right? Exactly. Is that the right word? Yeah, it's personal. It's, personal. it's different for everybody. Um, and as long as you are comfortable with it with yourself, and mm-hmm. I think that's what's important. But yeah, the, I still have guilt when I told my friend, I was like, oh yeah, I'm just like at the bar. And they're like, what? And I'm like, the, the kava bar. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what is the difference? And I'm like, I, it's not alcohol. It's not like people screaming and being obnoxious and well not always but <laughs> I mean yeah, there's so a I just have really too, there right? is I've made very very good friends mm-hmm. I, I had Lee on the podcast we talked about shadow work mm-hmm. which was very nice interesting and cool but yeah the guilt I really wanted to address it because it'll it comes up often in my life you know yeah. because I drink it and I'm supposedly sober mm-hmm well, I, do you consider yourself sober? I like if someone were to ask, "Hey, like, are you sober?" Would you say? Yes? I think I would say I don't drink. Okay, but for me, that is sober. Yeah, you know, for yeah. for me, that's sober. I never really liked doing anything else. I never really used any other drugs, um, and I am on SSRIs, mm-hmm. so I am unable to experience the benefits of like mushrooms and um i've never tried ayahuasca i think you can take mushrooms on ssris i've tried oh really yeah i i actually had a meeting with um someone yesterday and we might do something together about like uh we're considering doing actually like a meeting of people Mm -hmm. who come together and talk about maybe their desires or their experiences with using medical plants for sobriety yeah yeah like mushrooms like marijuana like ayahuasca Uh like anything plant related kava kratom in regards to sobriety so we're thinking about doing this together i love that and i asked her i was like can you because i i wasn't sure i was like can you take mushrooms on ssris and she said you can you probably just need more of it in order to feel it yeah i mean it's I just got so frustrated after yeah. eating like so many. I'm just like, this isn't working, yeah. which is a bummer. But I will say, I was um, microdosing like a stem a day mm-hmm. for a few months, and it was the only, only, only thing that has ever helped my migraines, mm. which was huge. Yeah, I guess I'm coming clean about that too. <laughs> I microdose, but yeah. Literally the only thing that's ever helped. Yeah. The migraines. Beautiful. Great plant. Love it. 
Mm-hmm. They don't call it magic mushrooms for nothing. This is true. This is true. <laughs> Wait, can you talk about ayahuasca? I've never yes. done it. Oh my God. I love hearing people's experience I with it. I love ayahuasca. I love talking about it. I am a huge believer in ayahuasca. Now, mm-hmm. it's going to sound crazy. No, right? I'm, yeah, it's okay, fine. So, this is going to sound crazy. So, <laughs> through Kratom, too, I found ayahuasca. It just like opened itself to me. I think once. Gateway drug. Sorry. I just, <laughs> gateway to drug to healing. Yeah. Um, but no, like I was in Miami and I was, um, you know, working at this Cava bar in Miami, going back and forth. And I met this guy who, for some reason, like, saw something in me and he was like, I think I want to introduce you to my church. And I was like, bruh, I Uh, do not believe in an all seeing God. No, thank you. And he was like, no, 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 it's not that kind of church. It is a Brazilian church. And I'm also half Brazilian. My mom is from Sao Paulo. And he was like, I think it'll really help you connect to both your culture and yourself. And I was like, all right. How did, wait, how did you meet this person? Um, I was working at a cava bar in Miami. I was like flying back and forth. I like, yeah, just like, you know, a little cava is really only very big in Miami and New York, I think, which is weird. Yeah. And I think it's going to change. I do. I think the more people, you know, there are still people who've never heard of this stuff. Uh There's so many people in Miami though. Um, I think it's because Miami and like, especially Florida is a really big recovery state. Right. So using kava and cranium for harm reduction. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I never recovery thought of that. Recovery is a really big sense. recovery state. Yeah. Um, and, cool. you know, I met this man and he introduced me to this Brazilian church, but he was like, it's not what you think. Like, we do ayahuasca. And I was like, hell yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I was looking for ayahuasca for years before I met this guy. And I just, like, kept coming up short. And I also had my reservations because it's very intense. It's intimidating. It, yeah, I, it's intimidating. I'm afraid of it. Don't do it if you're afraid. Yeah. And I think at that point in my life, I was ready and it was incredible. I did it maybe every other week for eight months. Whoa. Yeah. But you know (laughs) what I did, it was not like what most people think it is. It wasn't like you drink a big glass of like brown shit Mm -hmm. and you go in the corner and you have like a purge bucket and you like go through these passages. Um, I wasn't a shamanic experience. Mine was more religious um and it and not necessarily like about god but more about like praising the earth mother earth love the forest the Mm -hmm. the ocean you know getting in touch with yourself it was very meditative and what you do is you drink smaller doses and for eight hours you kind of just like sing in portuguese to the heavens to the astral you open up your mind and you're with all these people i was gonna ask how many people were around anywhere from like 10 to 50 oh my god cool and everyone's just like on the same plane yes and it's really powerful because you're sitting together in this like sometimes a circle but you're always sealed together in like a circular type of uh shape and you know you have layers like the first layer of people sitting together are like the strongest singers they're very like uh-huh. they know their shit and then like wow. the second layer is like the second strongest then you hit the back layer is more like the beginners so I always sat yeah. in the back sometimes I, I like move to the second layer towards the end of it but it was beautiful it felt like an energy force field you would like see these people and you would like see their aura you would just be in it together like uh-huh. a level of understanding so it also helped me connect to other humans in a way but it was just like very healing for me I remember my first experience was just like it sealed it for me do you so, do you hallucinate can you describe mm. like in like <laughs> layman's terms it's hard to describe I know know. Um, it always is hard to describe those things but 
I think that I will say is you just get like a deeper understanding and more in tune. So my with- first experience with ayahuasca was really intense, of course. And I, at some point had to go lay down and they usually have guides there too, where they'll like keep an eye on the newcomers and make sure that everyone's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because it can be intense. It can be mm-hmm. scary, but my first experience was just very healing and I went to go lay down and I was going through a lot of like physical body pain and I was like holding onto my body a lot and I had a guide come by and be like, lay out straight. And so I laid out straight because you have to let the energy pass through you. And my Whoa. child self appeared to me. What? Yeah. Like she came to me and she like looked at me and she just said, I forgive you. Oh my and, God. And like that to me was like such a fucking release. Oh and my I get, God. It was, I want it was so everyone beautiful. to have that experience. It was I want everyone's inner child yes. to say that. Because we live with our inner child, whether we realize it or not. And she's yeah. just been inside yeah. me this whole time. Just like sad and angry and scared and resentful and she came to me and she said I forgive you it wasn't your fault and like wow I still get so emotional thinking about it because it's just it just like helped me so much like it just released all this guilt that I had about things that were out of my control that you know like you think that when you're a kid and you go through a really rough childhood, like you think mm-hmm. it's your fault. Yeah. Even yep. if you would logically know it's not mm-hmm. like as an adult, you're like, how could I have changed anything? Mm-hmm. I was a child, but mm-hmm. you still hold on to that guilt. Of and course. That pain forever. Yeah. Forever. And when she, you know, forgave me, I started like on a path of forgiving myself. Oh my God. That's so beautiful. And also I've definitely spoken to my ancestors through ayahuasca yeah like there's um moments where we do meditative practices and it's basically we're all sitting in a circle but with our eyes closed and then lights off and we just meditate together Uh and it feels like years but it's probably like 30 minutes time does not exist when you do ayahuasca it just does not exist Uh and you i like i was i personally was transported to like the rainforest of Brazil. Like I could hear the rain. I could hear the wind. I could feel the wind. I could Uh smell the rain. It was amazing. And like, I've definitely had my ancestors come to me and speak to me also, like while I was on ayahuasca. What did they say? I don't honestly even remember. I just remember them speaking to me and they spoke to me in Portuguese and I understood. I don't speak Portuguese, Uh but when I'm on, when I'm on ayahuasca, I like can understand it. Uh It's, it's weird. I I mean, ayahuasca, like, I feel like untaps these parts of your brain that were never open before. Like, that's what it feels like to me. That's what mushrooms are supposed to do. Yeah. It's like, it's just like a more intense mushroom perhaps. So I will compare it to mushrooms in a way. I feel like the, after effects of ayahuasca, like coming down on it, mm-hmm. feel like the peaks of mushrooms. Whoa. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot, but it's amazing. It's beautiful. I know I've had moments where I'm just like crying and if I'm like, it's like emotional crying. Like my, my, like there's no real tears, but you can feel tears coming out. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just a lot of beauty. I mean, there are moments that kind of scared me too, because it does make you look at your shadow self a lot. Mm-hmm. And you know, my last experience with it kind of scared me and I decided to take a break from it. But I think now I'm ready to go back and look back at those shadow parts that I maybe wasn't right. ready to face at right. the time. Yeah, that's that's why I'm afraid to do it. Yeah, I would be I'm so terrified as to like what my child self would say to me. I think your child self would say that she loves you. Yeah. And that she forgives you. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe. <laughs> 
See, I'm not ready. I still have a lot of forgiving to do. Yeah. I've got a lot of work. The healing and recovery is such a long, long process. Yes. It's never ending. It is. Yeah. No, it's forever. Yeah. You have to constantly do work on mm-hmm. yourself and for yourself in order to stay sane. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Like I said before, I like tried to do mushrooms. Mm-hmm. I, it didn't work because of my antidepressants. But yeah. I... Um, at a, I thought I was at a place for the first time in years where I could actually do mushrooms and be okay with myself because this, it's the first time I've been content with me. Yeah. You know, but there is like great. this guilt of not complete sobriety. I don't know the Kratom thing, but I love the idea of ayahuasca and mushrooms and plant medicine mm-hmm. as a part of the healing process because I think everyone it deserves does, to do ayahuasca at least once in their lives. Yeah, it just like throws you into like you have to do you have to face yourself. Mm-hmm. Do it, you know. Yeah. Even the the like the dark parts, mm-hmm. you have to acknowledge them. And it sucks. Yeah. And that's like why sobriety is so like or why Recovery and quitting and without abusing substances is so scary because you have to be with yourself, be with yourself and confront all of the things that you used to drink away, you know, yeah, for sure. I started drinking when I was 13. Um, my me parents too. left me and my brother, my younger brother. They like just dipped out there. My mom moved to New York. My dad moved in with his girlfriend at the time in a different city nearby. But like, you know, we were alone in this house, this big uh-huh. house and it, like at the time I didn't understand what's going on and I I was like okay like I guess I'm I'm an adult now because that's what they said they were like okay like you're right. you're old and like you're an adult person like you know you can do this and oh my god yeah my dad would come home once a week drop off groceries he would pay the bills in the house my mom would come home maybe once a month sometimes she took a little longer to come home and she would give us I mean, money to me this sounds awesome but it was rough I mean I, it mean, does, I, know. I know a lot it of sounds my friends mad cool I'm like parents are so lame yeah all my friends were like you're so lucky and I'm like <laughs> no it's, but it's so hard having a parent around or, is nice. I mean, if they left when it, like, if I was like living with them, maybe if I was like 17, it would be cool, but I was mm-hmm. 13. No, 13 is, is a child. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I started drinking. I guess, like, part of me, like, maybe was like, I'm an adult. You're, yeah, you're a grown then, like, up. A you can drink. Part of me was just really sad. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And it wasn't like, and you drinking know, helps that. It, yeah. And, you know, like, it helps that. with parents who leave kids when they were 13, I mean, they probably weren't the most loving parents in the, in uh-huh. the first place. So, uh-huh. You know, it was like a bunch of neglect and then abuse. And, and then when they left, it was like kind of alleviating, but at the same time, still painful. And yeah, so you I were started, abandoned. Yeah. And so I, you know, started drinking and it got really out of hand. And that's like a whole fucking story. Um, and when I first decided to get sober, I was like 23, 24. And I was like, actually, I wanted to stop drinking because my skin was really bad. It wasn't even like <laughs> I have a drinking problem. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm breaking out a lot. Like, let me go on a cleanse. And then when I realized I literally couldn't stop, I was like, oh, Yeah, no, that's fuck. a scary thing. Yeah, I was like, like when, oh, shit. <laughs> when going like two days in a row without drinking is real is a feat, Yeah, that is not a good sign. Yeah. Not and a like, good sign. Towards the end, too, like all my friends would be like, 
girl. I'm like, oh, I'm just hungover. And they're like, that is alcohol poisoning. Like, you are not hungover. I would have to carry around plastic bags on me constantly because I was constantly, like, dying. Mm -hmm. I was literally killing myself. And Alcohol poisoning. Yeah. And then when I got, tried to get sober and I had all these memories come back, I was, I relapsed even harder. I was like, oh, no. Like, because I had some really painful shit come back that I never knew happened to me. And oh my God. I was like, damn, like, I feel like my life is already bad enough. Like, now I have to deal with... Oh my with, God, new. Yeah, all this new, new memories. memories. Like, it's happening to you now, even though you know it's not. And it just made me relapse harder. It made me really suicidal. Like, I've attempted suicide a few times. And mm-hmm. it was really hard. It was really dark. So, with ayahuasca, like, you know, having my child self forgive me, it, like, really did... Like it healed me so much, and this is the crazy part. You're I gonna love be a, hearing you talk you're about. You're gonna this. be like, "There's no fucking way in hell." But I swear to you, I feel like I'm cured, right? Like you know, in, in AA, when they're like, "Oh, once you're a pickle, you're a pickle. You'll never be a cucumber again." Yeah. Have you ever heard that one? Yes, I have. I think I'm a cucumber. Wow. Like I have, like I've been curious, and I've had drinks socially, mm-hmm. and not felt triggered. And wow. I also not even want, like, I don't have a desire to drink. Like, really? I, yeah, none. None whatsoever. Oh, I my think God. when you go through, like, when you take ayahuasca as much as you do and you see the things that you do and you, like, talk to God, basically, yeah, you, there is no need to drink anymore. Like, for me, like, oh my why God. would I ever, like, lower my vibration again? Why would I ever numb myself again when I felt the most beautiful? Like, I've seen so much beauty. I never want to see ugly again. And I honestly, like, I probably can drink socially. I have, but I don't want to fuck with it. I don't want to become a pickle again. I'm yeah, not gonna, no. I'm not going to press my luck. But this is my experience. I'm not going to say that anybody who does, right, who does right, ayahuasca right. who's yeah. an addict is going to be cured. But I did it a lot. That is... And I think they're healing too. And I've even talked to people, I think, who are in AA about this. And they're like, if you feel like you're cured, you were probably never an alcoholic. And I'm like, Uh, I definitely, I went to rehab. Like it was bad. uh It was very, very bad. Uh Um, It was, it was incredibly bad. I mean, I would black out drunk and my roommates would have to hold me down on the bed every night because I would try to hurt myself. Like it was getting, it was terrible. Had a similar dark darkness yeah my drinking yeah it's you know it's yeah I can't even imagine myself like that anymore oh my god when I look at that person who's like suicidal like I I'm I have no reason to live like yeah when I look at that person like and actually like making plans to like yeah go get my stepfather's gun and shoot myself in the head Mm -hmm. while no one's home yeah like when I think of that person I just like that's <laughs> I can't believe I was ever there. Yeah. It's I, it's terrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. It is so terrifying. Depression think, is such a huge problem that needs to be addressed as a Absolutely. I think the most terrifying part for me too is I know that person still exists inside of me yeah, somewhere. Yeah. That you is the that's too like ayahuasca and sobriety doesn't make that go away. No. It you're just, right. It just alleviates the pain. Um it starts the healing process, but it doesn't make it go away. I still have those dark thoughts sometimes. I still right, feel right. suicidal sometimes. I still yeah. definitely struggle with that. And when I do, it scares me. And it's just something you have to work at. Right. Healing right. never ends. It's like a we part said of, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It's yourself. You yeah. just have to keep it. 
accepting and acknowledging and working on how you can recover and yes. grow yes. and and be cured. I am so interested <laughs> I know, in becoming a cucumber. I'm telling you, like, people are like, there's no fucking I way. Can, I can't, <laughs> it sounds crazy. I cannot imagine my life where I had no desire to drink. I wake I, up every day so fucking grateful, honestly. Like, I used to wake up every day and my first thought was, I want to die. Now same, I wake same. up every day and I'm like, I can't believe I don't want to die. Yeah, same, honestly. same. I'm like, I've gotten there too. And it's like, this is how normal people feel. That's exactly how I feel. I'm like, <laughs> I have so much more room in my brain to think of so many things. Like, right? Because oh my there's gosh, no yeah. fucking obsessive voice in your brain like, mm-hmm. die, die. You hate yourself. Like, you yep. suck. You're the worst. Like, I want to kill myself. Obsessive I want to die. Thinking. Obsessive thinking. Yep, yep. All these intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. that just won't go away. And when yeah. they finally went away, I like, I don't know. It was crazy. I, I still. I couldn't ugh. believe. I was like, this is how normal people feel. I am Taking shocked. Advantage. Like I was like, they take it for granted so much. Yeah. <laughs> they have no idea. No, seriously. <laughs> when I, when I meet people who don't understand depression or like aren't depressed, I just, I can't How's even. Uh, yeah, like I can't even. It's it's wild. I know. I like, recently went on a you, date with a guy who's like depression. I don't think I've ever had that. I'm like, if you don't think you've ever had that, you definitely never had that. Yeah. And he's like, well, what do you do to like, what do you do? And I'm like, uh, you just want to die all the time, and yeah, you just you sleep a lot. You hope to God that you don't. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't act on it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, oh, it's God. pretty. I think you know. I think it's hmm. I think I've met most of the people I've met now and like most of my friends, I feel like suffer from some type of depression, anxiety Mm -hmm. or intrusive thoughts. Yeah. Same. Um, I think that a lot of people in this community too, in the Kava and Kratom community, that's why they seek out this plant medicine. I think it helps with the depression, the intrusive thoughts and the anxiety. Yeah. And this place and like the other Kava bars, it offers like a sense of community and like-mindedness and we all ha- we all kind of struggle with the same mm-hmm. uh, addictions. Yes. And you know, when I was in AA, I really did like that community, but at some point I felt like I couldn't connect to them mm-hmm. um, past my drinking issues. Exactly. I was like... They're kind of lame. I was like, you know, I feel like all of these quote-unquote friendships are very surface. Like, these people, one, they want me to stay sober. They're very supportive. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. I don't think I could have really... I didn't really open myself up to them because mm-hmm. I didn't think they would understand. Same, even though maybe they would have. But... Like I was never illness. myself around my AA yeah. friends. I couldn't be. Mm-hmm. I was just like, because you're going to judge me. Yeah. Like, and you I feel don't like want to know the real me. Even though addiction and mental illness overlap so much, I still feel like mental illness is very stigmatized in AA. It there is. is. It is. There is not one dual diagnosis meeting in New York City, literally the most progressive city in America. No, I, I know. It's it. wild. I can't believe it. I know. There's no meeting where you can talk about drinking and depression. And depression. Yeah. I know. And the two go hand in hand in so Seriously. many cases. So Seriously. many. It, yeah. One perpetuates the other. Yeah. It's a, it's a cycle. It's a cycle for when sure. When I was trying to get into DBT therapy, my drinking was like peaking and I was trying for two years to get into it. And I was going to all of these, um, like, colleges, right? These, like, medical schools. Because uh-huh. they have, the the students will do it. So it's cheaper. It's right. more affordable. Yeah. And they I would- didn't learn about DBT until I stayed in um, one of those, like, Ivy League hospital mm. uh, places. DBT is amazing. It's, it's definitely, so good. It's under If I didn't study. go to the hospital, I 
never would have learned about DBT. It's honestly understudied, it's undervalued, and it's under-administrated. Like, people can benefit, like, so many different types of people, too. Because DBT was created for borderline people, but it really? also helps. Yeah. The, I didn't know that. The person who created DBT um, was diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder, and she was institutionalized for most of her life. And I think, you know, she found Buddhism, and it really helped her. And then she went to school for psychotherapy and she created a dbt a program genius she was diagnosed with borderline later on and you know wow she was like there has to be a better way than just like locking you up and yeah, <laughs> yeah. so she created dbt and, and that's why it's so like meditative it's like in combination with buddhism mm-hmm. and i people don't know about it people do not know i about had DBT. no idea until it's, i was like institutionalized yeah it literally like rewires your brain chemistry it creates mm-hmm. these neural pathways in your brain mind magic yes Mm-hmm. And like, cause you know, you do have the neuroplasticity of your brain. You can change the way you think and you just have to practice it. But when you're, it is, a, it's a skill that you have to and practice. And that's what DBT does. It helps you create this pause between action and reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, being borderline, like I am, like my emotional state was very erratic. It was very like up and down. There was no pause. And like anything that would trigger me, I would just Relapse. I would react. I would react, relapse, get angry, throw things, break things, scream. Like people felt like they were walking on eggshells around me and I could not control it. Being borderline was probably more painful for me than being an alcoholic. Wow. It was like um, I was constantly at a battle with myself and that's what it felt like. It felt like I want, like my brain wanted to kill me. And you know, when I found. I'm sorry. I've never really talked to anyone about. BPD before. It's really painful. And another thing that's really shitty about it is that I feel like it took me years to get this diagnosis, even though borderline is so common. But a lot of people are misdiagnosed. Yeah. I feel like borderline, I don't know. It's just like my, my like dude friends being like, yeah, like hysterical, like females are crazy borderline yeah it's also the most stigmatized fucking it really totally is they're like honestly i've had three therapists drop me once they like found out i was borderline because are you serious because borderline 80 percent of people with borderline will attempt suicide in their lifetime it's such a terrifying disorder and so i wonder if i have of having honestly like it's really misdiagnosed because my therapist dropped me God, I probably have. They were like, uh, they would tell me like, oh, you need more help than we can give you. Sorry. And I'm like, okay. Like also borderline has like really bad, like the main characteristics is like depersonalization, unstable self-image, abandonment issues is a huge Uh, one. That's a really big one. Like uh, everyone leaving New York right now is like freaking me out. I'm like, why is everyone leaving me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, you know, once I found out I was borderline, then I was able to figure out, like, first I went through, like, a whole mourning period because it's, like, there is no cure. There is no medication. There right. is no maintenance. But the DBT was, like, a godsend. I was, like, all I right, I need to get DBT. into this program. But, you know, with the drinking, all these, like, colleges, all these, like, you know, more affordable DBT therapy programs were, like, you are an outlier. Like, you can't stop drinking like we can't take you because of your drinking and mm-hmm, I'm like mm-hmm. I can't stop drinking because my brain wants to fucking kill myself like I need to oh so gosh, it was so, so hard. frustrating so when I was able to finally get into a program it changed I took it so seriously because DBT is very have you done it 
only in the hospital okay. and I've tried to I have a workbook I have a few workbooks at yeah. my house but it's way easier to do when someone is exactly you uh, when you have a t- instructor yeah I have, I have the same thing and I never use the workbooks although yeah. I should I feel I, I yeah yeah but honestly like I took it so seriously and it's very when you're like in the therapy it's it seems like very common sense mm-hmm. right yeah know. you're like ah come on like I yeah but when you're in these emotional when in life states, yep you don't think about you don't think about doing the react. right thing you mm-hmm. just react so mm-hmm. I took it super seriously because I felt very lucky to be in a program finally and I think because I took it as seriously as I did it really did like change my life Wow. I had a lot. I just feel so blessed. It's insane. Like, I'm a person that felt, like, so damaged and so, like, perpetually evil inside that now I just, like, am so grateful. I have had so many opportunities to shift my life into a better perspective and, like, these different pathways of my life that I don't have to, like, hurt myself anymore. So That makes me so sad that you ever thought you were... evil yeah because you're so wonderful thank you you emanate light and if i were able to see auras yours would be really bright oh my god stop i'm gonna start (laughs) crying (laughs) um but yeah i mean sometimes too i'll I'll like like the bpd will kick in and like the right because it's a schizoaffective disorder and sometimes it'll kick i'm in remission now though thank god but uh it'll sometimes kick in i'm I'm like i start to convince myself what is it i'm like did my last overdose work like am i dead and i'm just living oh okay so those kind of thoughts yeah i'm like i'm like am i actually (laughs) dead like why is everything working out for me for the most part i mean i still have you know bad things happen yeah like that's another thing too I think when you go through a really rough time in your life it's wild when good things happen that but also like like, when bad things happen to me I'm like this is nothing in comparison to what I've been through totally this is nothing totally I am grateful for the horrible things that I've been through yeah I I am super grateful for those things too and it takes a long time to even like acknowledge that too Uh uh-huh yeah yeah it's a lot of healing to be like i'm grateful for those bad things right yeah yeah it is instead of resentment uh-huh although i still have resentments but i, I, I try been, to let it go i try. i've gotten pretty good at resentments actually <laughs> i mean not having resentment okay i've i hate i've always hated when people hold grudges and i i'm just like why do you want to carry that around like, mm-hmm. can we just all get along it like physically feels like you're carrying it, it around i know like your body feels it someone my friend asked me for advice the other day he he found out that his friend had done something and it was unforgivable it was a terrible thing yeah um and he was like but i chose to forgive them because it seemed like the more elegant thing to do and i was like i mean i i guess it could be seen as more elegant but it, it doesn't matter how it makes the other person feel it doesn't matter how it looks like forgiveness is taking this thing that you're carrying around off mm-hmm. and like when you actually forgive someone it just it's for you i was just it's gonna not say for that. the other person forgiveness is 100 percent for you yeah i had to forgive my abuser and that wasn't for him it was yeah it was for me it's the only way to move past it it. was the only way like as soon Mm -hmm. as I and again ayahuasca helped me a lot with that but as soon as I was able to actually forgive my abuser that's crazy I'm not like my my childhood abuser like as soon as I was able to forgive him everything changed everything Mm -hmm. the so much more flashbacks like like they still come but they stopped coming as frequently wow yeah 
the yeah, obsession of like wanting to know what happens, like every detail, because you know, with repressed memories, you only get bits and pieces. Right. That's horrible. I let it go. I was like, I don't need to know everything that happened to me in order to move forward with my life. Mm-hmm. You know, God, so forgiveness is for you. It is a crucial part of recovery and healing. Mm-hmm. People don't talk about that in terms of healing and recovery, yeah. how important that is. Yeah. I get that's a big AA thing. I was just letting go. Say, of, AA is really big of like, resentment. Yeah, but that fourth step. <laughs> yeah, that fourth step. That's where that's actually, a lot of people drop I off. I think that's when I did. I did. I, mean, that's I, definitely I finished where my fourth step. I left, but I fucked up. I left my abuser off because I didn't want to talk about it. Right. I didn't right. want to face it. I was like writing it down makes it more real. Mm-hmm. And my sponsor was like, "Okay, but." You know, you're not, you have to do it. I'm like, I can't. And she's like, well, maybe you can just say it to me. And I was like, I can't. And when I did my fourth step, quote unquote, like I, I didn't really do it because I left my abuser off. I'm like, I felt like shit. I felt so shitty. I felt like, oh my God. Yes. And then I actually stopped going to, like, I stopped doing the steps after that because I felt so shitty. But luckily I didn't relapse. I just found like. Ayahuasca soon after. So right. It was like the universe was like, okay, I'm going to provide medicine. you a different way. Yeah. That's what it felt like. And it's not harmful. No. It's not. Mm-mm. It's a little expensive. Ayahuasca? No. Oh, I was talking about Kratom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but well, actually, I, I really try, I think, with this bar to, I want to keep it affordable. Yeah. I mean, I it's try the really same hard. price as like any other bar. Yeah. It's, you know, this is New York also. And I also market, you know, I try to like touch base on our Instagram and be like, listen, if Kratom is something you're interested in, especially for harm reduction and you're kind of struggling financially, just like talk to me, message me. Oh, like, Vanessa. I don't mind you know, providing someone with like either discounted or free. Yeah. Freedom. That's if it's going to help someone, if it's going to help someone, you and know, keep them from using. Yes, absolutely. 100%. You're 100%. so good. Thank I've you. been wanting to talk to someone like you <laughs> for so long. Well, I think, you know, this I'm is... a person like I am a Kava and Kratom bar owner who drinks kava and kratom who yeah. also has found healing through kava and kratom like, uh-huh. i used to be a patron i was a regular at the kava bars and yeah. now i'm an owner of a kava bar and it's not about money for me money's cool right everyone needs money to survive yeah but i don't really need much of it um i didn't get into this because i want to make a ton of money wow. i got into this you really I sound help people cured yeah <laughs> I mean, once you do as much ayahuasca as I did, you realize that nothing matters and everything is not real. But we can still, you know, be present. But like this body and this lifetime, it's just for now. And like, I'm not going to take my money with me. I'm going to take my experiences and my connections and giving makes me feel better. Like giving to people, like helping people makes me feel like I'm almost helping myself in a way. No, absolutely. That's another thing like service. Yes. I find that I feel the best about myself is when I'm helping other people. Yeah, for sure. I, f- I find that I get more out of this podcast than I ever did out of AA because I, I don't know, I, I love having guests like you mm-hmm. and these voices that destigmatize, you know, all of these things. Yeah. I'm so sorry that, I mean, sorry is not the word, but I'm so grateful that you are where you're at now. Thank you. Me too. Because that's a... <laughs> 
that's a long uh, journey. It is, and it's th- that you covered. Still on it, heavy. I'm still on that journey, but it's exciting now. You know, it's an AA. They say like you're gonna live a life beyond your wildest dreams. Yeah, and honestly, yeah. <laughs> like the the way my life is now is nothing I could have ever imagined. But I'm definitely living a life beyond my wildest dreams. A hundred percent. Beautiful. I could have never in my. I mean, like I said earlier, waking up and not wanting to die. That is a huge, huge success. A, it really is. Every truly. day I wake up, and mm-hmm. if I don't want to kill myself, I literally wake up and I'm mm-hmm. just like. I'm having a good day. It's yeah. already a good day. Yeah. I don't want to hurt myself. Like that's a huge success for me. It's the biggest success of them all. Yeah. Because that I that understand like, that so yeah. so well. Because once you yeah. wake up that way, like the rest of the day you can just kinda kinda do whatever you want. Yeah, you're alive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you can live. You, you know? can live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Ayahuasca. Something that I will reconsider. You know, you can, you know, I'm always here. I can try to connect to you. I oh, can fabulous. connect to you. I, I don't, I can do it. Um, I think with cool. COVID, they've kind of stopped a little bit, mm-hmm. um, especially taking new people. And I haven't even reached out to them lately um, because of COVID, but mm-hmm. I am going to go back probably next year Sweet. at some point, like once things slow down with the business. And I always mm-hmm. tell people like, if this is something they're interested in, like I can, I can find it sounds beautiful. Yeah. It sounds beautiful. You do have to get off the SSRIs though, so make sure you're right. You're there. Yeah, you it, know? it would take me about a year to yeah. get off and of, that's of fine. everything that time, I'm on. Time isn't real, so yeah. <laughs> Whenever you're ready, contact yeah. me. Yeah, it's like quitting drinking. You have to be ready, exactly, or else it's not going to work. Exactly, it's not going to work. Also, ayahuasca is a thing too that I feel like. Um, if you're looking to get quote unquote fucked up, you're going to be wildly disappointed. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, yeah. like it's not one of those. That's what I was afraid of. You're I, not going like, to I don't want to be. No, it, it's, it's like not ever like that. again. I yeah. never want to be fucked up ever again. Me neither. Honestly, I really like, don't. I, my desire to drink, it's not to be fucked up. I, I don't know. I, I'm a, I love alcohol, you know? I mean, you're an alcoholic. Yeah. yeah. I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. It might not even be like the drunk for you. It's just like, every, like we romanticize our drinking. That is a huge part of especially it. Especially living in the city. Especially living in this time in this city. Like yeah. we romanticize the fuck out of drinking. I know. Being in like a dim bar, like with our little book, like mm-hmm. drinking a glass of wine. Like, yep. That's what I do. That's yeah. what I did. I was that's like, what oh, I did like, too. I'm alone like, all the time. Alone and like, oh, people are looking at me like, who's that girl? Like, yeah. Nobody's looking at me. And yeah. also, I'm, I'm not like, drinking a glass of wine. I'm drinking like a fucking like <laughs> whole bottle of whiskey, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm, then I'm like randomly crying yes. at the bar too. I was like, always the girl crying yeah, at the bar. And the bartenders would be like, <laughs> me too. Yeah, like here, have another drink. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was a fucking mess. I was such a mess. I, I'm glad that's no longer us at the bar. Me too. I mean, we never have to live that way again. Yeah. But we are not, honestly, we're not powerless. We're not powerless. We're not powerless. Then that, that is... I will say that. A really good thing to yeah. take away from. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for AA and the community, and I still have friends in AA. Mm-hmm. And I will Same. go to meetings with people if they want someone to go with them and oh, they're yeah, like absolutely. afraid of going. I'm like, I'll go with you. I don't mind doing that. Um, but I do tell them that I feel a little hypocritical and I probably won't share. Right. Um, but right. I don't mind accompanying them. And I just don't want anyone new to AA to look at me and be like, oh, well, she drinks mm-hmm. kava, kratom, does mushrooms and ayahuasca. Like, yeah. I can do that. And it's like, I it, think everyone's journey is different. It's different for everyone. Yeah. And that's something that I want 
everyone to understand about yes. sobriety. Yeah. It's not one solid thing. I had a, one of my, you know, friends would be like, oh, Vanessa, like this person's in recovery. Talk to them about how they can drink Cava and Kratom. And I would look at them and I would be like, talk to your sponsor. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah, going to tell you what you can and your... can't do. It's a personal decision. Mm-hmm. I'm not pushing anything on anyone, but if someone's curious or interested, I'm going to tell my truth right. and share my experience for sure. Oh my God. I'm so happy that you have shared some of your experience on this pod Thank you. this evening mm-hmm. with Amy Winehouse in the background. <laughs> Sam loves Amy Winehouse. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I guess we're wrapping up. Okay. It's been about an hour. Okay. This is... One of my favorite episodes yet, I think. You are such a dream. Thank you. You really covered, like, everything. Yeah. This I think the like only a- thing else that I wanted to maybe say is a big part as to why the plant medicine kratom itself did change my life and put me on a trajectory to healing. But I think more so, too, was the community surrounding it. Mm-hmm. The community is such a big part. You know, like, mm-hmm. I think I said a little bit earlier about how I didn't feel like I could be myself in the AA community. Yeah. And that the friendships there were very superficial and centered around not wanting to drink together. Mm-hmm. But the community in, in the Kava world, in the Kava and Kratom world, these are, like, very genuine friendships that I've carried with yeah. me my entire life. And the only reason why I was able to open this bar and it being as much of a success as it is, is because of my community who come here and support mm-hmm. me every day. I it am, really is a beautiful community. I am and everyone so is fucking grateful. Genuine. Like people. Real people. Real people. And, you know, like when the Kava Bar shut down that I was the manager of, you know, over a year ago now, everyone was like, oh, what are you going to do now? And when I wanted to open my own place, like, they were with me and friends with me and kept in touch with me for a year. And then when I opened my doors, like they were here and they are here and yeah. they come back here. And I will incredible. be plugging this place like hell. It is incredible. I'm so happy for I you. I feel and like I'm, I'm so not even working. I feel like my job is to hang out with my friends. No, and it's drink mad cool. It's incredible. It's mad. Your life is good. My life it's is pretty good. good. <laughs> even when I want to kill myself, I'm like, why would I do that? My life yeah. is great. It's really good. The Living people, the community is a huge aspect of it's it. It's a huge aspect. You meet real people. You meet yeah. real people with real stories. Uh-huh. People who have overcome. You also meet a lot of like people who do shadow work. Who do? Uh, yeah, like the crystal people. Yeah. I got and into crystals talking to these freaks, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually why we, I called it Misfit Kava Bar because it feels like we're all just Aww. kind of like searching for something, you know, like we're all these Aww. like little misfits, like don't know where we belong. And so when we come together in this place, like we belong here together. It's what it feels like. It really does feel like that. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for welcoming us all into of course. This of course. sacred space. Funeral home, my goodness. Like I know. It's amazing. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Wow. There, we have a pew. Have you ever seen the pew? I haven't. There was like a pew in the basement. That's we, it's like a wooden cool. pew. It has like acorns on it. It's really cool. Cool. Maybe, like, Maybe yes. I'll get some praying done after this. Yes. That pray away the guilt of my <laughs> straying away from the program yeah i'm just kidding thank you so much vanessa uh for real thank you of course your dream thank you and i guess that concludes this episode unless you have anything pretty to say hmm well i just want to thank you for being interested in my story and in my bar and in the plant medicine and you know if you ever want to talk any more about 
like the guilt associated with a harm reduction over sobriety, I'm always open to talking about that. Thank and if you. anyone wants to talk about it, like thank I'm, you I'm, so much. I'm here. Thank you. Yeah, like if it weren't for the Kava community, I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have been learning new ways to to heal. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm very grateful. Mm-hmm. All right, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time. Bye. Bye.